Jesus. It's all right being inward right now, but I, I, I think there's a release in an outward expression. That when you have a need, sometimes we can put it all inward, focus inward, but sometimes we need to get it out. And you need to cry out to God. You need to cry out. Cry out. Remember Bartimaeus? No one even knew his name. They knew the description. He was blind. They knew where he'd come from. He was the son of Timaeus, but they didn't know him. He was just forgotten. He was an also ran. He was an addition. He was just someone that the world passed by. But when Jesus passed by, the Bible says he cried out with a loud voice. Jesus! Son of David! Have mercy upon me! Because he had a need. No one else could meet that need. They would meet his want. They would give him money in his begging bowl but they couldn't meet the need of his heart which was that he wanted to see. And when they try to quiet him they say shut up Bartimaeus who are you? What's the matter with you? Shush. I can imagine Bartimaeus it don't say this in scripture but with my sanctified imagination I can imagine him looking at them couldn't see him but he knew where their voice was coming from but he was looking at them and as he turned to them he was hearing their voice telling them to shut up and I can imagine him almost saying to them I'm not speaking to you you can't help me but I've heard that there is one that can meet my need Jesus and he cried out again don't matter how many times you cry out if you have a need. It doesn't matter if people's mindsets, their, their pride tries to shut you up. Let me tell you something. They can't meet your need. Otherwise, they would have done that. So why are you worrying about someone else's opinion of how you should behave when Jesus is in the house? Because He is the one that opens blind eyes. He is the one that cleanses people with different conditions. He is the one that delivers from demonic affliction. He is the one that raises the dead back to life. And I don't know about you, but even if you don't know you have a need, but you're in this place, if you knew Jesus was in the house, would you cry out? And then the Bible says something wonderful. It said, Jesus stopped what he was doing and turned around and said, who called me? When you cry out to God from your heart with a motivation of need, and Jesus stops what he's doing and turns and looks at you. And you become the center of the universe for him. He says, what do you want me to do for you? 
Bartimaeus could have asked him for anything. He could have said, look, give me a better begging spot, man. Give me a spot by the ATM. Give me a spot over there. Give me a bigger bowl. Give me a warmer cloak. He said, no, I want to see. He knew his need. Do you know yours? What do you want me to do for you, son? Give me a promotion. What do you want me to do for you, son? Give me a bigger house. What do you want me to do for you, son? I want a new car. And all of those things with the bowl and the, the cloak. And, but what about the fact that you don't know how to love your wife and you don't really know how to parent your children and you don't really know how to interact with your parents or you don't know how to be a friend. You, you, you've got no confidence. You're depressed. What about that? What about the fact that you're called by God but you're not fulfilling the call because somehow you start but you can never finish? What about that? That's the thing. That's the thing. That one thing Jesus wants to touch and heal today. Because that opens up a whole new realm. As soon as Bartimaeus' eyes opened, life changed as soon as that thing gets healed within your life and it can only be healed by God who knows your inside and out as soon as that thing gets touched and healed it opens up a whole new reality I've seen it thousands of times in my 25 years of salvation where men I've seen it with women but we're talking to men men think they're doing okay until they realize that this thing has held them back, that they're not operating at full capacity. But when they cry out to God and they just come with honesty and openness and He touches them, all of a sudden, boom, their life changes. You ready for that? You ready for that? Because I've got faith for healing today. I've got faith for healing. Listen, I've seen demons cast out of people. I know it's not politically correct in this world that we live in, but I've seen it. I've seen people with body parts grow. I've seen people look at me with two sets of eyes like men in black. I've seen it. I've seen deaf people here. I've seen lepers cleansed. I've seen blind people see. I've seen drug addicts delivered from addiction without any withdrawal symptoms. I've seen people with hepatitis be healed overnight. I know of people with HIV that is undetectable. Now, we have a girl living with us in, in our house. She's been living with us for 18 months. She came through our women's recovery home. We got her from Holloway Prison. She'd been a prostitute. She was a heroin addict and she was in prison. She came into our women's program on New Year's Eve and uh, she went through our women's program. She graduated that program. We sent her to America to get trained in corporate finance. And she came back and we gave her a job. First job she's ever had. She got HIV. And her account was stupid. It was through the roof. And she was living in a little flat, dying, man. And so myself and my wife, we said, you know what? We're going to take her in. We've got to take, we've got to do something. So we brought her into a little spare room in our house. And she just went through a blood count last week after 18 months. And it is 
like six or something, down from 600,000. And so she's got like six points until it's undetectable. HIV, undetectable. That's the power of God. But he can, I've seen healing, physical healing, right? But I've also seen men healed inside. And it releases so much. Take a seat a moment. I want to share a couple of things with you. And then we're going to do something special. And then we're going to pray for people. They're going to get healed. It's going to be a tremendous time. You're going to leave this place blessed. And uh, your life's never going to be the same again. Is that all right? Amen. So just real quick, because the Spirit of God's here and I don't want to take up too much of his time. But just real quick, we have more capacity than we use. How many of you know that? We have more brain capacity than we use. Our wives tell us that all the time. We have more emotional capacity than we use. How many of you are are very good with emotions? (laughs) There's normally one sensitive body in the house, but it looks like we've got a load of insensitive people in the house. But I, I, I was terrible at emotions. When I got married, I had no real emotions. My wife trained me in emotions. What she used to say was, every day she'd say, give me a feeling word. I'd be like, what? I'm all right. No, that don't count. I feel good. No, that don't count. How do you feel? I said, with me hands. Come here. She went, no, no, no. Give me a feeling word. And over time, I started to get in touch with my emotions a little bit, right? And uh, I started to learn how to feel. But I needed inner healing. I needed a little bit of healing to take place because there were certain things that had happened in my life, certain things that had gone on that had affected me and it affected my capacity. And even as a pastor, I, I, I suffered from depression as a pastor. Um, and, and, and there were times when I didn't feel as if I was 100%. And sometimes, you know, you'd go to conferences, you'd go, you'd have mentors, you'd do different stuff. You'd read the word of God, you'd be filled with the spirit. But, but sometimes it wasn't always that you're at 100%. How many of you have ever felt like that? That, that, that you're not 100%. Need a little bit of interaction here. Amen. Help me out, guys. Come on. I'm, 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 you know, I'm being real here. Put your hand up if you've ever felt like that. Let me see your hands. I have a cordless mic. I can come around and interrogate you in front of your peers and ask you awkward questions. Right? So all of us have felt like that. But why is it? I believe that God wants us to operate in this day and this age, with great capacity. I believe as men of God, we can only do as much as we have him inside of us. Remember the analogy of the mic? This mic on its own can do nothing. It can actually do nothing that is of any eternal good, but it can amplify my voice. So that's like us. We can do what God wants us to do, and we can do it well, but only when God uses us. And sometimes what he does is he wants to pour out his spirit. How many of you want God to pour out his spirit? Let me see your hands. You want to be revived, right? You want revival. You want to see revival, right? And I'm talking about spiritual revival where souls are being saved and lives are changed. Not just, you know, happy, clappy, falling over, laughing stuff. That's nice. Not even just legs growing and ears growing and eyes opening and all that, which is nice. Amen. And we've had all different types of moves, haven't we? We've had the laughing movement. We've had the, you know, the, the, the dog barking movement. And that's okay, 
I tell my people I'm a full gospel minister. I believe in the power of God. I believe in the moving of the spirit. But if anyone barks like a dog in here, my security will take you out for a walk. Some things are just weird and unnecessary. But we want to be filled with the spirit of God to full capacity. But where is that? And why are we not? Right? So first of all, what is capacity? Four definitions for capacity is, number one, the maximum amount that something can contain, which is about stretchability. I think sometimes as men, men of God, we need to be able to stretch a little bit. We need to be a little bit more flexible. Um, I tried to become flexible once. I went to yoga, and uh, I went to a yoga class, and I walked in, and a young, you know, live-looking woman come up to me. She said, how can I help you? I said, I want to come. I want to join. I want to, you know get a little bit of movement because motion is lotion. She said, uh, well, how flexible are you? I said, well, I can't make Tuesdays or Thursdays. But other than that. <laughs> Someone else said, blessed are the flexible for they shall not be bent out of shape. But if we're honest, sometimes we're not very flexible. We can get a little bit religious, even those of us that have not been saved very long. How many of you have ever felt yourself losing a little bit of spiritual flexibility? Let me see your hands. Be honest. Jesus is watching you. Amen. So, capacity is about stretchability. Mark 2.22 says, Jesus said, No one puts new wine into old wineskins, for the wine would burst the wineskins, and the wine and the skins would both be lost. New wine calls for new wineskins. Sometimes we have to understand that where there's a new move of God, there has to be a new move, not just from God's part of, uh, position, but from our position. There needs to be a new opening of ourselves, a new preparedness for us to be able to receive what God wants us to receive. And sometimes we don't. We, we haven't got the capacity. Um, the second thing is about the ability or power to do or understand something. Quite often, sometimes we don't have the, un, the, the, the capacity to, to understand some of the things that God does. I've been through a hard time in the last season and um, it was very tough. It was very difficult. We received a word, and I didn't get a word from God for almost nine months. God didn't speak to me, and I've never heard his audible voice. Maybe you have, um, Moses, but I, I, I haven't, but I, I, I've heard his inner witness, but he didn't speak to me. It was like I was bereft. It was like I was abandoned, and then I remembered that the teacher's always silent when the test is taking place, that I was in a test, but in the test, when you pass a test, you get a promotion after it, right? So... Hold, hold, hold your mud, stand your ground, remember what he told you before. It's, I call this the, the, the sat-nav process of, of forward movement. And uh, how many of you use a sat-nav? Right? Remember the days of maps? Amen? A to Zs. How many of you are old enough? This young table down there have no idea what I'm talking about. Phones that you dial, no Wi-Fi. You know, my, my granddad's generation was like, oh, it was hard when we were young. You know, I could only have a shower when it rained. You know, there was five of us used to sleep in a matchbox and, you know, we'd eat once a week, you know, and all that stuff. It was so hard. Um, sorry, but this generation, you know, in the future, they're going to be, it was so hard. The Wi-Fi got turned off. We had really slow broadband. iPads became expensive. And, it, uh, you know, I was 14 before I got my first iPhone and, oh, it was difficult when I was growing up. But nonetheless... Amen. Uh, we have to understand that God wants to do certain things 
and that's capacity. We have to have the capacity to do that. And we have to be able to go through certain things to be able to get to where God wants us to be. The third thing is a specified role or position. That's your capacity. In your capacity as the assistant pastor, the senior pastor, the worship leader, you know, whatever it is, in your capacity. And this is about doing the right job. We, we also have to know that there is a lane for us. There is a place that God wants us to be and sometimes you're not fulfilling that. You're not in the right place. There are lots of people that want God to bless them, but they're not in the right place. It's like someone who turns on the shower and then goes and lays in bed wondering why they're not getting wet. You've got to be in the right place for the right thing to occur. The last thing, and I'm being, being real quick, is the amount that something can produce your capacity. And this is about fruitfulness. Fruitfulness is about doing the right job at the right time in the right way. It's different to faithfulness. You can be faithful. And you can, you know, I have people that come to our worship team. I'm sure you have that here. They come to every single worship practice. They're faithful. But when they open their mouth, they sound like a wolf. You're not going to put them on the worship team necessarily, right? They're faithful, but they haven't, they're not able. Faithfulness plus ability equals fruitfulness. Amen? So we have to understand that in all of these things, God wants us to know our capacity. And he wants us to grow our capacity. Is everyone with me? Amen. And it takes the grace of God. But as Dallas Willard, the author, said, he said, grace is not opposed to effort. It is just opposed to earning. There's nothing we can earn, but you still need to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And sometimes what that means is you have to be honest about your condition. And then you have to be open enough for Jesus to come and change that condition to reset you, get you back to the factory setting and make, make sure that you have the capacity then to be able to do everything that he wants you to do. And I believe that in this place, there is so much potential. I'm looking around and, you know, if I, I'm looking around, sometimes the Lord shows me in the spirit of some people and you, you, you've got so much capacity. But it's like having a, a phone or an iPad that you've got all the potential but the battery is always at 10%. So much potential, but there's not much you can do when the battery is at 10%. And there's a lot of people in this place, if I'm honest, and I love you guys, that you're only operating at 10 or 20 or 30% of the capacity that God's given you. And there's a reason why. And I want to show you what the reason is. Is that okay? Amen? Are you with me? You might as well just be happy because I'm going to be gone soon and then you, you, you won't have to listen to me again. But really take this on board. I want four volunteers. Four volunteers. Four volunteers. Come up, four volunteers. First four, up you come. And then this table, could you come and two of you come and take this pulpit out of the way for me? Praise the Lord. Thanks, Pastor Jesse. You're redeeming your generation. Amen. Glory to God. They're the future, by the way. They're the future. Right, four volunteers. Come and stand up here, lads. I want to do an illustrated part of this message. Or as my Mexican friend once said, an illustrated massage. Got it completely wrong. Everyone was in great anticipation. So, I need one to be the cupbearer. One to be the victim, uh, the, 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 the man 
the man, normal man, I want one to be the mentor and I want one to be the one that messes everyone up. So, so he's the cupbearer. Who's going to be the victim? You're the mentor. You're the victim, brother. All right. And you, all right, what have we got for you? Okay. Has anyone got a knife? <laughs> I'm serious. Has anyone got a knife? No? All right. I have to use mine. <laughs> what? What, you, you don't have one of these? I thought you were in Salford. <laughs> when I first come up here, I saw a dog up on bricks. Anyway, it's not like Liverpool. We've got any scouses in here? We have. What's the difference between Batman and a scouse? Batman can go out without Robin. <laughs> right. So I want you to, you're the cupbearer. I want you to hold the bowl. You're the victim. I want you to stand now. No, no, no. Just hold the bottle. Top and bottom. You've already got a plaster on. I don't want you to get messed up. I want you to undo that lid. And get ready. You're the knife man. Now watch this. If this is you, right, what is the capacity of this bottle? What does it sound now? 1.5 litres. So when you get born again, God gets a hold of you and he pours his spirit into you because it's by the spirit that you're saved, right? You get filled with the spirit um, from salvation. Amen. Everyone agree with that? Right? It's by the spirit. It's by grace you've been saved through faith. This is the gift of God, not of works, as anyone should boast. Right? And you're filled with the spirit. That's your capacity when you're born again. But then look what's wrong with it is what you're meant to do is you're meant to pour out your life. Right? But this is unfortunately the view and the, the position of many Christians, especially Christian men, is that even though they've got all the capacity and all the fulfillment and potential that they could possibly have, they can't actually pour anything out. Why? Because of what? What is, what is stopping it? The lid. The lid, right? There is a lid. And unfortunately, many of us have lids. We have lids in our lives. We have things that block us. We have limitations that block us. They might be cultural limitations. They might be, and culture does not just mean ethnicity. Don't mean culture is not black or white. Culture is rich, poor, it's educational, amen. It's not just cultural or ethnic, it's also educational. It's economic and, uh, you know, it's aspirational. You've got all these different elements to culture, right? So you might have a, a, a Nigerian rich man, a Nigerian poor man, and a white Sulfordian rich man and a white Sulfordian poor man. Who's the rich Nigerian gonna 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 you know be more comfortable with in society? Probably the rich white Sulfordian, because that's the circles that they're gonna be hanging with, right? So culture's different to, to, to race and all the rest of it. But there's limitations. Uh, for, for many people, it's educational limitations because they were kicked out of school, they haven't got a degree. Amen. I mean, my, my worship team's got more degrees than the Masons. Um, and I got kicked out of school. So I had a limitation. So what happened was I went back to school and I did a master's degree. And I'm due to complete that. Praise the Lord. And my wife said, why do you want to do it? And I said, so you'll have to call me master. <laughs> you know, we've got to get it from somewhere. 
but there's also economic limitations because how much money, can, how much, how much ministry can you do with hundred pound? You can do hundred pounds worth. You know, how much life can you live with 50 quid? 50 quid's worth of life. What can you do with 50,000 50, or 50 million? You can do a lot more. So there's economic limitations. Um, are you with me? And we have all of that stuff. There's limitations. There's self-imposed limitations, right? There's the limitations we, we, we position ourselves under. That, uh, you know, I'm too big. I'm too fat. I'm too skinny. Are you with me? I've got different problems going on. Limitations. So God wants to take the limits off, number one, because that is what keeps you not only not fulfilling your capacity, you've been filled, but it's fulfilling the reason for your capacity and the filling that he's given to you. So first of all, God wants to take limits off. He wants to break glass ceilings. Can someone say amen? The conditioning that we have. I mean, if you know, as, 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 as English people, we're actually conditioned to be very polite, to be very standoffish, not to be aggressive, to almost be passive. Americans are not like that. That means ever noticed. Americans just bulldoze in, take over. They don't come to take part, they come to take over. Right? Nigerians. Ah! Are you with me? They're coming in. Ghanaians might hang back a little bit because uh, in comes a Nigerian. Ah! Give it to me. Right? You've got all different types of, of cultures where we limit ourselves. God wants to unlimit us. I mean, if you want to be unlimited. Unlimited. But then what happens if I'm unlimited and I pour myself out? What have I got left? If I give everything that I can, what have I got left? What you've got left is the opportunity for God to fill you again so that your anointing and your life in him stays fresh. Because it can stay in that bottle until you die. And then you go to heaven with some funky, moldy old bit of filling. And he says to you, you know, what did you do with the talent I give you? Well, I buried it, man. Right? So, first of all, he wants to unlimit some people. And that's something that you've got to allow him to do. And sometimes it takes a little bit of, a little bit of breaking, a little bit of twisting. And we have to be open to do that. How I many of you are open to be becoming unlimited in this next season of your life in Christianity? You want to be unlimited. You don't want to be limited anymore. It doesn't matter what color you are. It doesn't matter your background. You know, my wife's disabled. She's got one metal leg. She has a, you know, she had bone cancer in her leg. She has a, uh, they wanted to amputate her leg. They did a surgery. They removed all the bones in her left leg from her femur to her ankle and replaced it with a silver-coated titanium implant, longest in the world. She had parosteo-osteosarcoma, right? And she ain't limited. She's still doing her thing and getting about and doing what she needs to do. I've seen people with one leg climbing Mount Everest, not personally, because I weren't there, because I've got two legs and I haven't been. But you see it on telly, amen. We're only as limited as we allow ourselves to be. Can someone say amen? amen. Someone help me out and say amen. amen. So, take the limit off. Praise the Lord. So there you are. Now you're unlimited. Now you've got potential. First thing you need to deal with is your limitations. Let God unscrew the lids of limitation over your lives as men. It doesn't matter your background, your color, your creed, your education, your upbringing, your economic situation. If you are one man that is open to God, he can do so, he can do so much in your life if you allow him. Can someone help me out and say amen? 
All right. But then what happens? Some of us want to be unlimited. We don't let those limits uh, 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 hold us back. But yet still, we don't seem to be fulfilling our potential. This is where I need you to come in. You look very safe to me. I want you to hold that bottle over there. He's from Colombia. He knows all about this stuff. Amen. He's got, he knows how to risk it. Amen. He's got a magnificent beard. I mean, if you can applaud the beard right now, that's a magnificent beard. Amen. Fantastic. I want you to hold it here, and I want you to hold it at the bottom. And what I want you to do is I want you to put that knife into it about there, sideways, right, like that. And I want you to stab it, and I want you to be careful not to go through it and stab him in the chest. He's, wait, wait, wait. Wait. Wait, wait, wait. That was him, by the way. Ready? Oh, there we go. All right. Let everyone see this side. Okay. All right. Praise the Lord. That's you, by the way. Okay, the capacity of this bottle was 1.5 litres. What's its capacity now? Who says 1.5 litres still? No. Its capacity now is at the level of its wound. It's the level of the leak. It's the level of its wound. This can happen if you're a pastor. This can happen... If you're brand new saved, this can happen. If you're not even saved, this can happen if you've been in the church for a long time. That you can have this potential capacity, but then something can come in from outside and it can affect you in such a way that all of a sudden you lose a lot of that potential capacity. So then what happens is you come to a men's meeting. You play table tennis. You eat curry. You speak to men. You listen to some random dude. You take a little bit on board. You're going to forget him anyway. Then you go home. You come to the pastor. You go to a Bible study. You go to the prophet that is in town, whatever it is that you want to do, and you say, I want to grow, pour into me. So you're the mentor. Pour into him. He's pouring in wisdom. He's pouring in opportunity. He's pouring in good stuff. He's pouring in experience. He's pouring in faith. He's pouring in life. He's pouring in ability. He's pouring in everything that you need. And what's happening? What's happening? What's happening to all that good stuff? What's happening to the pastor's message? What's happening to the prophetic word? What's happening? 
It's leaking. And it doesn't matter how many times you do that. All right, that's enough. Don't matter how many times you do that, the same thing is going to happen. Don't matter how many bottles you pour into it, the same thing is going to happen. Until eventually, you think there's no point pouring into that one no more because they can't retain what it is I'll give them. Then what happens is you start being left on the shelf, you start being held back, people stop pouring into you. And it's not their fault. It's because you're wounded. You can be wounded because of sin. Self-inflicted. You can go out getting drunk. You can go out sleeping around. You can go lying, stealing, messing about with the money. You know, it's all the G's in it. The gold, the, 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 the girls, the glamour. You know what I mean? The goofiness. Right? all the weird stuff, it could be self-inflicted. It could have been something that happened to you when you were a kid that you plastered over for a bit. But then the pressure of God's Holy Spirit inside of you starts to push against that covering and it comes off and you start to leak again. It could be that you were abused when you were a child and You've covered it. You've hidden it. It could be that you were abandoned as a child or a young man. It could be that you had your heart broken by your first love. It could be that you have attachment issues because your parents weren't there for you as much as they should have been when they were young because they were hard-working, working-class people and you were just palmed off from pillar to post. It could be rejection. And every, every people have this stuff. And we have to know what it is, but we don't look at it, we cover it up, we put a little plaster over it, we try and just get on and just go forward, we don't want to look at it, but the longer we leave it, the less chance it is that we're going to fulfill our capacity. So what does God want to do? Does God want to get us to plaster over it? Does he want us to just plaster over the crack, just make it happen, fake it till you make it? No, that's not the way God works. God wants to come and he wants to heal those things so that we can then have the capacity to receive what it is that he wants to pour into us. If I asked you and you were honest, and I'm not saying that you're not, I'm just saying you probably won't be because you're men, proud men, or ignorant men. You're either ignorant of the wound or you don't want anyone to know that you've had one. Because we're competitive by nature. You saw that in the, you know... You see that in the table tennis, right? We don't want, we don't want people to know we're weak. Everyone's got to be the alpha, right? But eventually what happens is people start to see the leak. They start to see the cracks. They start to see. And then you don't get the opportunities that you know you deserve. And then you start feeling bad and you start giving up. And you stop being available to God to come and pour his spirit into. And you stop being that one man who can be transformed, who can be delivered to go out and deliver others. And you're just content with getting by. That's why one person reaches one person 
for a year, they reach one person each after that, they progress and they multiply 34 years, the whole world's been reached. That's why it's not being reached. It's because there's men in church that are leaking all over the place. God wants to heal that right now. I've been in meetings where men have been healed of inner wounds that they didn't know they even had until they look at them. And I'm not saying go back to when you were a fetus. This ain't a counselling session. You know, let's, let's forensically have a look at your life and try and work it out. What I'm saying is be open to God for him to come and heal that wound and then watch what he does. See the quality of your life afterwards. When you get filled again with a passion for worship and a passion for praise when you don't care about who's around you but you know that your redeemer lives and you will shout for him the way you'll shout for United, Arsenal, City, Aston Villa, West Ham or whatever you will even go above and beyond that you don't care who's around you I've been on the terraces I've sung the songs I've shouted for joy I've jumped up and down when West Ham have scored I remember back in my childhood when they actually scored I know that the passion that you just release in that situation because all of your peers are doing it. But in churches we come and all the men are leaking. So, stand to your feet with me, would you? Guys, thank you. I, I have a, a mission. I have an assignment from God to reach people that are broken and to see them fixed. There's only two types of people you're ever going to come across in life fixers or fillers. Fixers or fillers. I'm not categorizing it, but I am. It's all different types of men, different types of people, but there's only two as a leader that you're ever going to come across, a fixer or a filler. I look at people, I say, is he a fixer or is he a filler? If he's a fixer, I'm going, to, I'm going to work with him like this. And we're going to see that fix come into his life and see healing come, because that's the, that's, the, that's the main thing. I'm never going to use people to build my ministry. I've, God's given me a ministry to build people. So I want to see you fixed. But if you're already fixed, I'm not going to get on you about how bad you are. You're fixed. I want to fill you then because let's go to work. And so you have to discern and understand the two types of people that you're ever going to come across. It takes a little bit of time. But the way I find out is by giving them something to do. And if they don't retain it, if it leaks out, I know that there's a leak there somewhere. Let's have a look at it. Let's pray that God comes and fixes it. And what I find when I go around the place is I find many, 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 many men need fixing. And only God can do it. And we end up justifying our lack of spirituality. We justify our lack of fruitfulness. We justify our lack of reach, our lack of power. We justify it through circumstances. We say, oh, it's not the season for God to move. You know, we're not in that place right now. Which is a load of rubbish. It's that we're not in the position right now. 
because God's ready to move all the time. So I have a mission to, 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 to challenge men, encourage men. Listen, you don't have to be the alpha, whatever. You're part of the pack and the strength of the wolf is only as strong as that of the pack. But don't be the one that lags behind. Don't be the one that's causing the problems. Don't be the one that's leaking everywhere. Get healed. So that together as men, we can reach out into this world and we can see God glorified. Too many leaky Christians causing problems. Let's get fixed. So I don't know about you, but I know there's men in this place that if I said, come to this altar right now and let God fix you, I know there's men that are going to come. And in your response of faith, in the evidence that God is a healing God, that He's a restoring God, that He loves you, and that He has greater things for you, in that response is the makings of the miracle. So Holy Spirit, in this place, you search our hearts, you search our lives, you know the hidden things, the things we protect, the things we harbor, the things we keep away from public scrutiny, the things that are holding us back, fear, temptation, lust. sin of every stripe search us know us draw us heal us Holy Spirit If you want to come, come and join us at the altar right now. We're going to pray. The power of God's going to flow in this place. Praise God, guys. Come on, this is a holy moment. Is there anyone else? It don't help to hide what God wants to reveal and heal. Might be a bad experience you've had, bad memory, bad upbringing. You might have father issues. 
amount of men that got father issues and it's caused a brokenness within their life. What about things that you never ever got over? You're born again. You'll go to heaven. But what are you going to send ahead? What legacy are you going to leave behind? What example are you being? This is revival. We pray God bring some revival and we, I don't know what we expect. I've been to a couple in America where this is the revival. I got there and it was no different to my church service. It was just touted different, promoted different, spoken of different. But it weren't no different. I didn't see the surrounding society get saved. I just saw a load of Christians come for an experience. That's not revival. That's just a church experience. Revival is when one man gets healed and his capacity increases so that he can receive more of God and then he can receive it till it brims to the top and because the limits are taken off he begins to pour it out into his family and into his wife and his kids and into his workmates and his neighbours and on the bus and on the train and at his sports club and down the gym and just little drips pour out it just leaks out it just comes out it just overflows and then someone else gets wet and someone else catches it and someone else starts to realise and then you start to say you know what I was like this and I was like that and and they pipe up and they say the big lump in the gym, you know what, yeah, I, 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 I never had a father and I've struggled with addiction and my mum abandoned us and, you know, I was an orphan and whatever it was. I was abused when I was a kid by an uncle, by a family member. I feel tainted, I feel ashamed, I feel... And all of those things. And then all of a sudden they get the touch of God and then they go out and they reach out to someone else and before you know it, revival is breaking out because societies are being changed the families are being healed the lost are being reached the last are becoming first that's revival man I had a vision, an open vision about three years ago in Los Angeles of a city and a sea And the waves came up in the sea and they came towards the land and they hit the city and the water went through the homes. It went through the places of education. It went through the places of business. It went through the places of politics. And I said to the Lord, what is it? He said, it's a wave of my spirit that's coming to your city. He said, it is a wave of conviction and holiness. And it's going to affect every echelon of society. I've been praying for that for maybe four years now, three, four years maybe. That God is going to hit this city of Manchester. And I believe it's it's going to happen. And it's going to happen. The C stands for humanity and turmoil and trouble in the Bible. And I don't know about you, but this last year has been horrible. But it's going to come from people that were broken, that God has fixed, that he has filled, and that pour out. 
and it's going to catch and it's going to take form and it's going to be released and it's going to hit this city and then from this city it's going to influence this nation and then from this nation it's going to affect this generation and I don't know about you but I've got an assignment to get the wave riders prepared because I saw people there that they weren't on in the streets they weren't on the shore they weren't sunbathing they were out in the waves I said, Lord, who are they? He said, they're the wave riders. They're the ones that have risked getting away from the safety of the shore to get into the sea. So when it rose up, they rose up with it. And when it came in, they came in with it. And they're the ones that are the carriers of revival. Lift up your hands as a sign of surrender to the Lord right now. We're going to pray. You sense the Spirit of God in this place? It don't even matter if you don't, He's here. Holy Spirit, touch every heart right now. Heal every wound. In the name of Jesus. Heal every wound. Every man wound. Every father issue. Heal fear. Fear of failure. Fear of success. You know how fear is healed? It's not through faith. Although faith accesses us to that. It's healed through love. Fear has to do with punishment. But the Bible says, you fear because you have not been perfected or matured in love. But perfect love, God's love, Covenant love, committed love, drives out fear. God loves you, man. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to forsake you. He's never going to drop you out, jog you on. He's going to give you chance after chance after chance after chance. Spirit of God, in the name of Christ, Release healing in this place right now in Jesus' name. Move from man to man, from heart to heart, from soul to soul. You know this can happen at any time. David prayed in Psalms, God restore my soul, right? You remember that? It wasn't a spiritual thing, it was spiritual. You can be spiritual and still be wounded. You can be spiritual and your wife can get cancer. You can be spiritual and your kid can go off the rails. You can be spiritual. David was spiritual. He was praying to God. He was praying a prayer that became enshrined in the Psalms for all eternity in the Word of God. But still, in that spirit, he was still saying, God, restore my soul. His mind, his intellect, his memories, his emotions, his feelings, his will and his desires, the element that comprises that place called the soul. God wanted to come in and do something in there. It might be a mindset, a perception. You might be paranoid. You might have rejection going on. Fear going on that you're never going to make it, that you can't do it, that no one loves you, no one cares, no one's with you, no one's around you, no one's behind you, no one's going to help you. But that is not what God is saying to you. He's saying, I'm with you. I've got men in your life that you can trust. Check out their footsteps. They're leading in the right direction. 
But if you don't trust any man, then how are you going to ever follow in the way that you need to go? The man who abused you, forgive him. Why are you still carrying him in your life? Why are you carrying him in your life? Let him go. God, God will deal with him. God will deal with him. But he wants to heal you. You've had addiction. So what? You failed? Everyone who's ever succeeded has failed more times than people that have failed. Someone who's a success, just don't let their last failure be their last failure. Try again. Go again. Start up another business. Get another job. Reach out again, whatever. You're only a failure if you stop trying. Be healed in the name of Jesus from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. Be healed. The anointing of God pouring from the crown of your head down to the soles of your feet, reaching into every area of your mind, of your heart, of your soul in Jesus' name. The spirit of the living God is upon you. The spirit of the living God is upon you. The power of the living God is upon you right now. Receive it. Receive that healing deep inside and say, yes, Lord, I receive it. I receive you. I receive your touch. Heal me in my innermost being. Make me new. You said that I would be a new creation and I am. Renew that creation. Because even though I'm your creation, sometimes I get marred. So remake me again. Renew me again. Reshape me again. Refill me again, oh God. Let this year be the best year that I've ever had. I don't want to look back to the past and say that was the best year of my life. I want to look to the present and say this is the best year of my life. And the future then is going to increase. You said that you would take us from glory to glory. But God, at some stage we stumbled. At some stage we leaked. At some stage we were wounded. But right now in the name of Jesus, in the presence of the elders in heaven and the angels of eternity, we ask you, oh God, we lift up our petitions to you and we we thank you that you are a good God, that you see what we can't see, that you know what we don't know. You know our end from our beginning and you are faithful to see your will accomplished in our lives. So God in heaven right now, would you release your anointing and break every yoga bondage? Would you remove everything that is not of you? Would you seal every hole, every wound in Jesus' name? Come and speak to him. Cry out to him. Worship him and praise him. If you have a heavenly language that you're speaking, speaking it now, it's okay. It's all right. You can do that. You're praying. You're praying. It's okay. You can do that while you're praying. Forget about the two or three only can do it in a service. That's for a different context. Now you're praying. Pray. Because sometimes you can speak in words that you can't articulate with your own language and your own mindset. Sometimes if you haven't got that spiritual language, it's okay. You can ask God and He can give it to you right now in the name of Jesus. But whatever it is, communicate with Him. Commune with Him right now. He's going to show you things and there is going to be evidence of it after this. You're going to see that there is a change. You're going to see that there is a shift. 
you're going to see that there is a greater capacity to retain what it is you receive. Your memory is going to improve. Your heart motivation is going to improve. Your intellect can go up a notch. Your understanding of God's Word can be elevated. It can be simplified. You can begin to see and know and understand what it is that God's saying to you. You can learn the context of Scripture. You can learn the ways of God so that you'll be able to discern the will of God. You'll be able to know what God is saying to you in your innermost being. And when you respond to that and you step out in faith in that. You are going to see the evidence of breakthrough that you've wanted and that you've seen in others because God is doing it in you. Why not? Tell yourself, why not me? Why not me? I've seen it with others. Why not me? I've seen others filled. Why not me? I've seen others pour out their lives. Why not me? I've seen others used by you, God. Why not me? Why not? What's stopping you? Your limits? Smash them. They're an illusion. Your leaks? Let God heal them. And then be filled to overflow. Be filled until you can't take no more. Be filled until you have to release it to someone else. Be filled until you have to relieve the pressure by releasing it in someone else's life. Be blessed so much that you can't contain it. You remember when they caught all the fish? They didn't have enough capacity to contain them, so they had to share it with their friends. You remember that? That's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to fill you till you can be filled no more and then you have to call your friends and your family, bring them over and then say, you know what, I can't handle this. This anointing, this knowledge, this word, this, this thing in my life, I can't handle it. Bring it, bring it. Come here, have it, receive it. Jesus. Jesus. I'm just going to come around, those of you that are here at the altar, I'm going to come around, I'm just going to touch you and agree with your prayer. Amen? I'm going to touch you and agree, that's all. I ain't going to do mad, big, mad prayers. I'm just going to touch you and agree. We're going to touch and agree. Amen? That we trust in God. We believe that He is touching us, He's filling us, He, he wants us, He loves us. Amen? I'm going to touch you and agree. We're going to agree. God is good, He's faithful, He's available, He's able. And He's not just able, but He's willing right now. Do you believe that? Come and lift up your hands. Father, in Jesus' name, we touch and agree right now that Your Word is true and that You will do what You said You're going to do. Bring a healing, and then after the healing, bring the filling. In the name of Christ.